going to the 35th Gridcoin Community Hangout. Uh, we've got like 15 people in attendance thus far. Uh, we've got quite a few topics to go through today. Uh, hopefully it won't be a five-hour podcast like in the past, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, first up, actually we'll talk, we'll try out stuff, that, uh, the topics, and then we'll start from the top. So we've got Jay Ringo. Uh, talking about uh, branding and stuff like that, commemorative coins. Uh, I've got my shout out about uh, representing Gridcoin during Beyond Bitcoin Hangout. Uh, we've got information on polls, you know, ongoing polls and uh, completed polls. We've got uh, a topic about the current inter-team competition statistics, uh, you know, both Formula Boink and Boink stats. We've got the uh, information about the Boink workshop and hackathon in Paris in September. We've got a topic regarding uh, for the betterment of Boink, basically uh, core Boink, uh, you know, developers and stuff, requesting some input on what they would like to see change with Boink. So I think that's a really good opportunity for us to give some direct input, uh, not regarding bugs and stuff, but, you know, things that could help change uh, Boink for the better. Uh, Nep wanted to talk about the uh, making investments into the GUI and kind of Boink slash Gridcoin, so it's easier for, you know... Uh, computer illiterate people to use the software because it is quite a it's a complex setup mechanism who's let's not get ourselves here you know what i mean uh, like take such legs for example perfect one click setup basically that's the kind of thing i think he's talking about uh we've got the ongoing superblock problem since four weeks ago uh discussing that uh we've got a discussion regarding the forks that have popped up in the past uh two weeks uh, yeah, I think that's us. So after that, we'll basically have like an open floor to talk about whatever, as long as it's related to Gridcoin, cryptocurrency and stuff, whatever. So uh, from the top, uh, if you, you have to sort by uh, votes and the first two uh, will be Jay Ringo and Josh Oya. Is uh, Jay Ringo here? I see that Josh Oya is. Uh, sorry for mispronouncing your name. Hey, yep. Cool. Uh, would you like to take the wheel and discuss uh, stuff about branding? Or sure, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, branding is a little sub community that's popped out of Slack, uh, and it's just a bunch of people that get together and talk about the image and overall uh, presentation of Gridcoin from the client to the logo to all that stuff. So right now we're working on two projects uh, that are coming to a head. We've got uh, the logo which is coming to uh, vote, or is up for vote right now, and it's August 6th. And we've got the Gridcoin 1 millionth block commemorative coin, which uh, is being designed by the community, just like the logo, and is going to be milled by Dutch, who has access to some pretty neat machinery. If you want, I can just go through and describe what both projects are really quick, or I can just answer questions. I know a bunch of information has been out there for a while, so. Yeah, do you want to describe both the projects, and then we'll kind of go through some some questions afterwards? Sure. Uh, cool. So for both projects, the way we designed them is basically, uh, I think it was Slapbox, just started a conversation, uh, and everyone came to the table with ideas and just started pitching. None of us could really design, so we're pitching sort of just like text descriptions of images, and then Josh comes along. And just starts mocking literally every design that was suggested. He just mocked it right up, put it in the channel, and we just kept going uh, with that discussion. And uh, for the logo, we came uh, to the design, which is up for vote right now. 
And the main reasons we wanted to uh, maybe simplify the logo is that the current image is just a very detailed image. It works more as a piece of art than a logo. A logo is supposed to be very, you look at it quick and you get the concept and you just move on from there. Mm. Uh, so we went through and simplified it as best we could and came up with what we got for vote right now. Uh, so please check out all that information and vote if you haven't yet. Uh, in regards to the coin, uh, the millionth block is coming up around August 17th. Uh, we've, we're going to use the current image for Gridcoin as uh, the side one. It's perfect for a coin. So Josh went through, simplified everything, and uh, put it up. You can see the proposal in uh, branding on Slack. You can see all the images there. And then right now we're basically deciding uh, on what the second side is going to look like. Uh, we've got a couple options for that. Cool. Yeah. Anyone got any questions or anything? Uh, yeah, uh, well, I'd like to say the, uh, I really like the new uh, branding, kind of the new logo and stuff like that. I do agree that the current logo, like, it, it does look quite, it looks decent, like, in full size, but as you, like, uh, scale it down into, like, you know, a five, five icon or, like, a, a profile image on, like, Steam or whatever, it does start to blur and, you know, it's just, like, a, a dark ring outside and then a bit of green on the inside. It, you, you, it's not. Uh, you know, you can't say, "Oh, yeah, that's immediately that's Gridcoin." You know, whereas this uh, this new logo that you created, or you know, as a group, does you know, even as, as if it's scaled down to like fourteen pixels by fourteen pixels for a five icon, it's noticeable. Like, oh, that's still distinguishable as Gridcoin. You know? Yeah, exactly. And Josh did a uh, great write up uh, that I linked to on the uh, comment on the Hangout thread, and it basically shows everything you just described. It shows exactly what happens when you scale down the current image and what scale what happens when you scale down the new one. And it's just so much cleaner, just easier to pick out out of a crowd of uh, different logos. It, it just seems just simple. Really stands out. I liked the uh, the mock-up of the how it could be used within the Gridcoin client as well. You know, like for outgoing, it was like a right arrow, but made up of multiple of the... Uh, you know, the DNA logos, uh, and likewise, for incoming, it was left a bit green. I thought it was really uh, quite smart. Yeah, we've got, uh, right now, we're really looking into uh, the GUI for the client and how to simplify that as well. So we're mocking up different ideas. Anyone could come into branding, suggest something, and at some point, someone will get to mocking it up so we can just see what it looks like. So if you want to get involved with that, please come through branding on Slack and uh, just submit your thoughts, like... Everyone's welcome. Excellent. Uh, and with regards to the commemorative coins, I think it's really really cool looking. But uh, a lot of users, uh, several users, have uh, raised concerns regarding address privacy. You know, uh, handing your address to another user in the community. No, nothing against you. It's just like a paranoid step for many to take. You know, uh, there was the idea of like loading the 3D design to uh, you know one of these uh, 3D print websites and provide like the uh, like an affiliate or referral kind of fee to you, you know? Yeah, I think that's a definite possibility. And, like, I can understand the, uh, I mean, it's crypto land, so anonymity is kind of fun and kind of sought after. But if it comes down to it, we can find a, we can figure something out to get these uh, first coins shipped to someone. Because the charm we see in, like, these first couple coins is they are completely community built from, uh, concept, like the idea of the millionth block, celebrating that was just like thrown around throughout the community. And then to design, and then to manufacturing, we've got Dutch, who is just access to CNC machines, so he also has the brass, so it will be completely community-driven, 
And the idea right now is to make two of these coins, give one of them to uh, the Gridcoin Foundation so they can do whatever they want with it. They could auction it off. They could hold on to it, uh, whatever. And then for the second coin, we give it to whoever mines the millionth block. And if we can't contact that person, then there are a couple of contingencies in the proposal we can go through. Uh, but if you want more details on that, definitely come through Brandon on Slack. Cool. Excellent work, guys. Thanks. Does anyone have any other questions relating to like the branding or the commemorative coin stuff? A big thing, uh, just lastly, if you do not uh, like the designs we're coming up with, uh, I mean, by all means, vote against it. But what we really want is to hear your feedback. Because all we're trying to do is make the image of Gridcoin the best it can be. And, you know, we're doing what we can do in that channel. But uh, if there's, if it's not, uh, if it doesn't fit with someone else's vision, we want to hear what your vision is so we can come up with something that works for everyone and uh, works for Gridcoin, ultimately. Yeah, I'll just um, tag on to that. Absolutely. If um, if you feel that it doesn't represent, um, I suppose, the image of the brand as you would see it, then by all means do give feedback. Um, we can mock something newer. We can try something different. And certainly where colors come into it as well uh, the vote that's currently on is for the design of the logo itself the color is um, quite flexible uh, for, for most applications so again suggestions are great just let me know and I can I can put something together cool now uh, I think at some point we'll have to um, just assume that uh, some people know what they're doing because if we were going to change the wallet UI, we can't vote on every single detail. It's going to take way, way, way too long. That's a good point. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. As we get to that, I think maybe if we have different proposals, we might set up like uh, maybe packages or whatever that include the images for all the different parts, and you vote on the package maybe. But that's definitely something we got to vote or think about as we get to Definitely. Thank you. Uh, the voting was, you know, an appropriate step for the rebranding because, you know, a lot of people are attached to the current image and, uh, you know, putting out to the community to vote on it in its first place is like, you know, a, a, you know, it's not an aggressive move. It's like it's advancing Gridcoin to a certain degree. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, great work. I think the other thing we need to um, probably talk about as well is um, when we'll do the, uh, in essence, the change of the logo and the rebranding. Um, I think it's very important that we time it right uh, and um, get things organized so that it goes off without any hitch at all because people will be watching. That's a really good point. When you release a redesign of a logo, there's a lot of work that is involved with it. You have to contact all the exchanges, all this stuff. And uh, if we could, yeah, exactly what you said, we just got to make it go smoothly. And if we can match it up maybe with a, uh, a dev release, and just put it all in one package. It's just like one great update. That might be cool, but not necessary. But definitely. It's got to be very, very well prioritized. And um, um, the to-do list has got to be done step by step and very logically. It cannot be let down at any point at all. It's got to be done very logically and step by step. I completely agree with that. I mean, the uh, timeline has got to be it's really spot on. We're going to have to uh, work on... Well, I suppose whatever whatever people uh, feel is the most uh, has the most priority first, and go from there. Because there is a, a a time, and in essence, a cost for every single um, every single change or every single mock up uh, of a logo. So, yeah, if, if we just make like a list of all the services or 
places that show the coin logo and give them a bit of heads notice, uh, heads up notice even that on this date we'll be switching over with a GUI change, you know, uh, please update it so that people know to use your service for Gridcoin. You know, I think they'll be pretty uh, reasonable, you know. We should also maybe think of doing a bit of hoopla with it as well. I mean, it is a big thing and um, we need to um, probably coordinate that with um, um, advertising uh, etc and do a bit of a splash on that side I think that's a good point opening up new uh, rebranding gives you uh, new tools to go out with marketing campaigns so if this vote for a new brand passes then I think the next step is to start making longer term plans in terms of marketing where you want to go with that but uh, it's going to be important to, uh, to settle on a new logo if we decide to take that path first that's step one Cool. Uh, anything else uh, you guys want to talk about before we move on to the next topic? I'll just throw out that we're working on new icons. We're working on the new uh, GUI interface. We just we're looking to brainstorm. So you don't need to be able to design if you want to contribute. Just come on in, throw ideas around, and we're very friendly. It's a good time all the time. We don't bite. Cool. Great. All right, moving on to the next topic, we've got uh, just a basically a heads up that I represented uh, Gridcoin, uh, the Gridcoin community during the 216th Beyond Bitcoin Hangout there, uh, just on Friday, uh, and I donated uh, about $500 of Gridcoin to share drop onto the Beyond Bitcoin attendees, so there was about 100, I'm not sure, it was close to 100 people in attendance, and uh, you know, they're all trying to give show off their projects and stuff there's quite a few influential people in there so you know they'll get a wee bit of grid coin in their pocket to probably sell but maybe that'll help them uh you know get started with grid coin in the first place but uh the raw the is up uh basically gave like a summary of the last two weeks in terms of you know uh what the community's been up to what the current polls are uh how they're getting on you know whitelist polls and stuff uh Talking a bit about trading, how we've kind of reduced from six cents to between two and four cents throughout the week. Uh, I talked about the continued super block uh, downtime. You know, just giving an explanation uh, with regards to like the uh, how there's been free. Le- well, probably better to come back to this when we're talking about it later on. Uh, you know, talking about how the updates have been trying to tackle it, what development we've been doing uh, in order to tackle it and how you know there's mandatory updates on the w- on the way that will pretty much make the current issues irrelevant to a certain degree uh also mentioned like the recent laser updates uh you know and uh yeah just basically what the developers have been working on uh what do you guys think about the community the, sorry the beyond bitcoin hangouts do you think i should change up what i talk about each week or uh do you think i should have it like every week or every other week any input uh really uh, I'll say I've been listening to you on those talks every once in a while. I mean, you're on quite a few of them, and uh, your opening spiel has gotten so good. Like, it's just concise and straight to the point. Uh, that's not really what you could change, but my thoughts on that in general. Cool. Thanks. I mean, it kind of simplifies the uh, the intro because a, a few users were complaining that it's quite complex, you know, throwing out big, large keywords, you know, Gridcoin, Boink, you know, Docker and stuff like that. And I was just going over the heads. So it's kind of trying to break it down into the core concepts as quickly as possible. And just so that, like, if anyone's listening to it at the time or if they've never heard of Gridcoin before, 
that before I get into top, talking about the week's updates, I give kind of like a TLDR what Gridcoin and Boink is. So, yeah. Yeah, after you do things a couple of times, you get a little bit better at it, hey? Like, I even noticed the difference between the couple of interviews that I did. Like, I kind of had a more concise vision of what I wanted to get out. The Quetzalcoatl interview was kind of like I was like all over the place and shit. And the other thing was, yeah, anyway. I'll cut that out. That's retarded. (laughs) (laughs) Practice makes perfect. Certainly. I agree. Like if I said that again, it would probably come out better. Yeah, you can if you want, you know. (laughs) Or just when you're editing it, you know, give a perfect uh, replacement. No, man, (laughs) leave it raw. It's a it's a learning tool. Yeah, we could potentially uh, produce raw recordings. It's just that you know we do have the breaks every forty minutes, which you know we we would have to still cut out because often it just descends into memes and stuff like that. Yeah, I could do. Well, I don't know. It's kind of the breaks would kind of be funny to have. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Beyond Bitcoin, they they release raw recordings per section, right? Yeah, I think I'll start doing that. I'll, I'll throw it like the first, the next uh, five here, quick. It depends. It's up to you, man. Uh, you do put a lot of uh, effort into making them perfect. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Like some people are can't really wait. Like. We can talk about that Discord thing later if somebody wants to throw it on the Steema thread because that worked out pretty well today with Gund. Yeah, we were talking about uh, alternatives to Mumble. Like uh, one of the ideas was uh, Discord. You know, if whether or not we can all record. Like, there's what six people recording right now, but we need to use a bot, set it up uh, to record, and then everyone joins a room, so it's a bit more complex. But I feel like it might be uh, more stable and a wee bit su- more secure, potentially. Not to say there's anything wrong with Mumble, but uh, I don't know. Just uh, perhaps it's worth testing out, see if, uh, you know, some of the connection issues or audio issues we've experienced in the past aren't a concern over there. Uh, even even in the interest of decentralization or what have you, uh, like just not having to rely on Beyond Bitcoin's generosity here, like, I'm not saying it'll run out or anything. I'm just saying, like, we, we don't shouldn't have to count on people. It would be good to have a couple different places. To- yeah. And it, it worked out pretty well. It's I, Like, it sounded really, really nice. Uh, beyond the quirks, it was just um, we had to join the room before we invited the bot in, and then somebody had to be, like, there talking while the bot got there, and then it was fine. And uh, it records, and to Flack and then puts it on a website. <clears throat> I was talking about it earlier. And then everybody can download the raw if they want. And like no one person has to host it within the first 48 hours. So That's pretty cool. Is there a, a file size limit though? Uh, six hours. That's pretty reasonable. Shit guys, we're going to have to cut down these talks. Six yeah, hours with Flack? That, that should just about cover us. Yeah, that, that's pretty okay. <laughs> And like what I was saying before, uh, it's an open source bot. So if we like were so inclined, we could set up our own server and reduce like file size limits and set etc. Uh, it also said on the site that this is like an experimental project and might end at any time. So don't be surprised if you can't do it anymore. Cool. So it's, I downloaded the source and shit, and you can probably figure it out. It's not that bad. 
Nice one. Uh, yeah, I do think it's worth investigating Discord. I think a lot of people are, are migrating their crypto communities to Discord to a certain degree. Like, I know whale shares, like the Beyond Bitcoin kind of tied community has gone there with like over a thousand people. I think BitShares is also trying to migrate there away from Telegram because it's Telegram isn't massively uh, moderatable to a certain degree. There's a lot of spammers that jump in and stuff, although it's still pretty decent. Pump, pump. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, Discord, I think, is much better for voice. I use it a lot. Uh, it's really built for voice, though. The chats are, I think, pretty bad. And I jumped into the uh, BitShares Discord and just tried to, you know, Slack is much better. Even IRC is better for chat. But for voice, I love Discord. Moral of the story. Yeah, it's admittedly kind of fucking, like I said, it's just like a shit everywhere. But it's not like tidy at all. It's like made for fucking kids with ADD or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but it's a gamers. It's a gamers area, really. Yeah, it's got a lot yeah. of shit in it, though. Like, there's really cool bots. There's two FA. Like, we don't have that anywhere else, really. Shit like that. We should try it out off off Hangout. Yeah, yeah we could do just a special occasion, you know. <laughs> Any more booze? All right, cool. So. Any other uh, comments or questions regarding the uh, Beyond Bitcoin uh, appearances before we move on? Keep it up. Thanks for the work. My pleasure. You done like, what, 50 now? I I think it's coming up to close to like 30, 35 maybe. I'm not quite too sure. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was really nervous at the very beginning, you know, the first uh, hangout. And, uh, you know, after the 10th, it was all right, you know, and I've got a kind of template I just follow now, so it doesn't really go wrong. So, moving on to the next topic, we've got some uh, information regarding uh, the current and past uh, Gridcoin polls. So, if you didn't know that uh, there is an inbuilt decentralized voting mechanism within the Gridcoin client, uh, anyone can create a poll as long as they've got a minimum uh, 100,000 Gridcoin to basically get enabled the functionality uh if you don't have that much you can talk to someone in the community who does and they'll pretty much make it for you uh if you are making a poll uh please do consider adding you know uh additional uh opposing views or well opposing options to your personal bias you know not pointing fingers or anyone but people will forget to an absolute and you know we're annoyed at that in fact that actually might be a uh, it's been a requested fun- a feature that that is just a default option abstain you know which uh, this could be a, a default uh, you know voting object potentially uh, within the create poll uh, GUI uh, but yeah it's just something to keep in mind but anyways onwards regards to the uh, the recently completed poll was a uh, poll regarding uh, Leiden Classical. Uh, basically, should we remove the Leiden Classical project from the whitelist due to not accepting new registrations? So I believe the case was that they were experiencing, uh, you know, tons of people creating uh, fake accounts. Basically, Boink projects aren't massive, properly configured, you know, uh, do get these spam accounts in the tens of thousands, uh, which just you know, clog up their projects. But the problem is that if you can't register a new account, that means that the people, effectively, it's like locked in mag, like, you know, it's a walled garden. Uh, 
so it's been voted out and uh, Rob has been made aware and he acknowledged it so uh, he has put it through to be removed so uh, with the next super block hopefully that will be gone uh, does anyone have any comments regarding light and classical before we move on no but b- before I forget uh, the, the abstain is a good way to uh, revoking your votes so if you like throw down an opinion for something and then you change your mind to something that's not on the list, you can switch it to abstain and it's like you took away your vote for whatever you did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I like that. Cool. Uh, well, with regards to light and classical, if they, you know, if someone was crunching that project and they like it, uh, there's nothing stopping it being voted back in as long as you can convince people to get to vote for it, which means you're going to have to get them to remove the account registration limitation, uh, which will probably be requiring, uh, you know, contacting the project admins, helping them out maybe with some uh, project maintenance if they're needing help. Uh, but yeah, onwards towards the uh, the current ongoing polls within the Gridcoin network. We've got a, uh, there's about eight polls uh, currently ongoing that you can currently vote on. Uh, there are four polls with regards to potential whitelist additions. So I believe those were created about two weeks ago. So they're probably going to be uh, ending soon. So if you haven't voted for those, please do so. Uh, going through each of the polls, we've got uh, a speculative poll uh, regarding the impact to the grid coin price if the team requirement is lifted. I believe this was kind of like a, a goofy poll that someone created saying that, you know, basically implying that when the team requirement is removed, that the price will increase. Uh, you can interpret that because there are no negative decreases in the uh, the value as options in the poll. So, you know, some people were complaining about that, but ultimately it's just a goofy poll. You can ignore it, you know. I like positive polls. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, with regards to the whitelist polls, we've got four projects. Uh, oh, well, three addition, additional projects and one proposed removal. So Sitaki Desktop Grid is proposed to be removed. Uh, I believe their project is winding down. Uh, that's why it's being uh, proposed to be removed. If that's not the case, then please do make that case to the community. Uh, um, uh I think, was only allowing certain people to sign up, or was that Leiden? I thought that was Leiden. Okay, then SCTACI is the one that's only giving uh, limited work units to hosts that have done them before. Yep, that's what's that's what's happening with them. Uh, yeah. I, I keep getting some, but not many. Yeah, separate issues, but you know, get rid of them. Interesting. <laughs> so they're potentially, you know, selecting uh, specific types of hardware out of the pool of volunteers that are available to them. Possibly, yeah. That would kind of be smart of them. So whatever. Yeah, it's certainly something you can do, especially if you're paranoid about, like, collusion or anything like that. If you've got really heavy-handed scripts to, like, uh, try and prevent people. Oh, my two older machines are crunching about a little over a thousand words in a day. I got two of them doing that right now. It's the same as once you get your foot in days or whatever, and you have the dedicated space for it, it seems to give you more units, but I understand the frustration with that, but I don't know put an email into them even to try to get them to deal with that and maybe make more work units available, but haven't heard anything back about it. Cool. Well, uh, if it gets voted out, there's nothing stopping them getting voted back in if they're interested. I mean, they should probably notice the... They probably hopefully will notice our our crunching for them going down and uh, 
anyone that's annoyed that it's been removed, you know, try and get in contact with them. If they aren't getting back to you, that might be red flags that their project isn't well maintained, you know, which is, uh, you know, signs of additional problems. Well, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's not well maintained. I've been, any of the replies I put back said you're going to lose the biggest crunching team there is for your project. That's going to put a pretty dent in their crunching period. Yeah, it's a shame. But, you know, nothing's stopping them coming back in the future. Uh, with regards to other projects that are getting proposed to be added in, we've got uh, Source Finder, which is uh, the sister project of Skynet Pogs. Uh, we had an interview held with uh, one of the project admins that was leading the Source Finder uh, project. I believe like he had like a large amount of uh, data that he wanted to push as a point project, and uh, that it was going to be temporary was a main concern, I believe, Uh However, he was looking into getting additional work for, uh, you know, distributing to to volunteers. Has anyone heard anything about the availability of work for SourceFinder for, like, the long term? Uh, I know that they are currently, well, their last uh, forum post was uh, that they're getting real data from ASCAP. It's like Australian uh, source, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, I don't remember it. I made a freaking Steam it post about it, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they uh, it was like um, what do you call it? Like uh, generated experimental data. Like they were just like seeing if it worked, and then it does work. Like proof of concept. So they're actually going to be decoding some real shit soon. So they expect to have actual work for actual science like very soon. Pretty much as soon as the other things ended, I guess. Excellent. That's great to hear. They're doing a lot of tweaking at the moment. Um, the, the the guy, if you heard the interview at all, seems to be uh, pretty good. And um, I think that when it's up and running, it will run very smoothly. Cool. Uh, okay, so we've got the uh, another project called Zansons for COD. Uh, my only... Uh, Opposition to this project being voted into the whitelist is the fact that they do not have SSL currently implemented. I believe some users were saying that they're looking into it, that it is a priority. However, it is still something you can implement within like a couple hours of, you know, putting your head to uh, towards it. Uh, so, yeah, just on that basis, I voted against it. Uh, does anyone have anything to say about the project? Like if they currently crunch it or... I thought it was for Call of Duty, so I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> it was like some renderer for Call of Duty. Yeah, like some aimbot. Fucking <laughs> That'd, be cool. <laughs> That'd be good. That, that's why your ass voted no? I didn't vote no. I voted yes. I was sad that everybody voted no. I told Neurominer to vote yes as well. Oh wait, no, you abstained on that one. This is, brings up a good point, though, about not voting right away when a project comes in. It's like, wait until there's a conversation about it. It usually yeah. lasts like a couple weeks. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that, that's, that's the point of, of having it slightly longer, you see. Indeed. Source Finder doesn't have SSL either, right? Yeah. But it is made by somebody that we know, so... Yeah, but... Uh, no, I, I just navigated to Source Finder. It's got SSL. In yeah, it does, yeah. Are you sure? Oh. Yep. Yeah, I thought it would... God damn it. I think that was an initial concern that when we were holding the interview with the SourceFinder project admin, there wasn't SSL enabled then, but it's been several months since then, so it's now in, in place, which That's is awesome. Right. He did say that. Mm-hmm. I need to change my vote, though. And you were there. 
You sounded different. Yep. I think I was in bed. <laughs> you're on your mobile. You sound like more like you. <laughs> James is making a good point as well. I mean, we did a, do a vote on whether we should make SSL part of the, the formula for new projects, and uh, it was voted against. Yeah. I, personally, I kind of feel like that was... The, the poll was a case of should we implement SSL as a mandatory you know, requirement across all projects existing and new. So, you know, users saw, you know, if you were to count how many projects at the time, I think it was like nine or ten at the time. So it was proposing to remove like almost a third of the projects, which would have hit severely uh, users' magnitude. And since then, uh, more than half of the projects have implemented SSL. There's only a few left behind that still have not yet implemented SSL, uh, to which we could still keep bugging them to implement it. Uh, but in terms of new projects, we should try and uh, uphold, you know, uh, stricter rules for new projects. I mean, what's to stop me from creating a bank project, uh, make it look fancy, and then, you know, get it whitelisted, get everyone running it, and then distribute malware or something bad, you know, like, uh, not putting effort in to kind of secure it is a, a warning sign. Like, if they've not done that, what else haven't they configured? Like, it's quite easy to misconfigured a boink project you know so if you're not putting effort into well maybe we should maybe we should um do a poll again uh, and and get this sorted out once and for all so there are there isn't any more debate about it uh i'd like to say in the interest of like true democracy and stuff even though the vote said ssl no like he, anybody can technically vote however the fuck they want we've seen like some mm. pretty raw goddamn votes <laughs> Like, not everybody's going to agree with everybody. You know, if he wants SSL, he can push for it, even if it's not, like, the community's fucking decision. Shit. Yeah, no, I, I agree that we that, that we need to actually have... A, any new project that's coming in really should be mandatory SSL. That's, that's my feeling. Um, and, and that's really what I'm trying to put across. The way I see it is we have to make we're going to be getting more people using gridcoin who don't know how to check for their own security so we have to make the whitelist something that they can trust and i think the best way to do that like at the basic level is to uh require ssl absolutely just to answer a user's question in the chat what ssl is uh basically seeing the web browser the url the https that s at the end means it's utilizing ssl basically it's an encryption between your web browser and the you know the web server uh, that also includes between your boink client and the uh you know boink server so if you're in a country that has you know that collects all the data you don't want them to be able to see your immediate you know your login details you know likewise obviously like country wise it's quite elaborate no one's really going to be doing that but you know a script kitty in a cafe might intercept your details if you're crunching remotely you know <laughs> but in terms of the the kind of the minimum requirements for like quality of new projects coming uh, towards the gridcoin uh, network for whitelisting we did create a uh, an initial kind of uh, like minimum requirements list, and I think that's on CryptoCoin Talk uh, within the Boink Projects uh, subforum. Uh, it's very kind of basic. Uh, a lot of it's just basically uh, interview questions that a, a project admin probably should fill out and kind of give details. But uh, that is where we should probably include the more uh, strict rules that we should vote upon. You know. I agree. That's another project. Yep. <laughs> 
I'll show you another project. Cool. So that is the whitelist polls. Uh, we've got a foundation expense uh, create, uh, poll created by Rob, which is a developer reimbursement six-month package plan. So basically he's proposing like $30 an hour uh, for developers uh, as long as they kind of report back like a proper uh, itinerary of what they did, what they spent their time on, you know, and uh, there's a full CryptoCoin talk thread to talk directly with Rob about this. Uh, I voted for it. Uh, I think we probably could do better in terms of uh, holding the foundation funds in, you know, escrow or uh, put more effort into creating like a, a legal entity for us to work for. I mean, like, who am I supposed to put on my CV as a reference? You know. <laughs> yeah. In terms of that poll, uh, I have my reservations about how centralized it is, but uh, I'm probably going to end up voting for it. Uh, watching these, like, I idle the dev channel on Slack, and these guys dedicate so much time to this stuff and are just doing a lot of work. They definitely deserve this reimbursement. And since it's the only one we got on the table, got to go for it. I voted no uh, in the first place because I, I was confused. I thought it was part of that weird thing. That other thing where people are like, give me money because I already did the work. And I was like, oh, no, wait. There are, there are some people that did already do work. Like we've kind of had this free development thing from these nice Swedish dudes and shit. So I don't know. Maybe we should give them some money. I realized what it was. Yeah, it's actually quite funny. Uh, I when it came out in Crypto Coin Talk and Rob put it forward, uh, I uh, sort of uh, with tongue in cheek um, just simply said, "I vote no" to see what would happen. <laughs> and my God, it really sparked off from there. Nice. Uh, <laughs> speaking of cryptocurrency talk, now new newly named. Uh, do, do we have a way to download an archive of the forum? Because you know, someone go through and screenshot every page. DPP. Yeah, probably we could probably create a script to scrape every single uh, you know page within the Gridcoin su- uh, sub forum uh, for plain text data if you're interested. But we probably couldn't you know extract it and import it into another forum. You know, uh, you could probably dump it all for offline kind of archival uh, and maybe. Yes, there's something that exists already that does this, right? And archive.org does this for a lot of very active sites. They just take snapshots of things. And I don't know if we have to submit anything to them because somewhat it automatically gets archived. So, yeah, I don't know. Not sure. You could probably, I could probably create like a, a Haskell script to scrape it all. I <laughs> don't know if uh, the admin would be appreciating that, though. Yeah, I, I, I've since they did the changeover, I've had various problems. I mean, you, you get like your notifi- notifications, and I find that on my screen, I go up to click on my notifications, and as I bring my mouse over, it just disappears. It drives me mad. They also removed the downvote. <laughs> did they? Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. It's probably for the best. I, I like the leaderboard functionality of the the new forum, though. Like, uh, I'm number one for 2016, I think. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love, there's a lot of things I like in it, but uh, that, that really irritates me. You know the way you, you click on your notifications and you move your mouse down to, to click on a notification, and you move your mouse over it, and it disappears. Yeah, it's, it's getting there. Just report the issues, Tim. Yeah, uh, we'll do. Uh, so we've got two more uh, polls, uh, and then we'll probably have a quick break. So uh, 
do you approve of their redesigned Gridcoin logo? This is with regards to the newly proposed uh, Gridcoin logo that was discussed at the beginning of the Hangout. Uh, I voted to approve it. I think it looks pretty cool. I've already started using it. Uh, I don't think that we should, you know, we should be prevented from using the old logo, you know, in like the forums or anything like that. But uh, from now on, like if it does go through, it should be put through like the client and stuff like that. Uh, And the last poll we've got is uh, what projects are you currently crunching or like the most? I think this is the really long term uh, poll, like a year long. Uh, So yeah, we we could probably create uh, new polls regarding like what's your current preferred project because I think you can't vote for that project unless you've been around for a year because of the current like you know uh, voting anti-cheating mechanisms or whatever. Next topic we've got the current inter-team competition statistics so starting with Formula Boink uh, we're still number one on Formula Boink in 2017 uh, after achieving first place in 2016. Uh, We've increased our lead by 203 points thus far this year with a little under half of the year to go now. Uh, 203 points in perspective. Uh, One first place uh, achievement is 25 points. So effectively we've got, well, you know, seven or eight additional first places uh, in terms of points uh, in the first six months this year, which is pretty cool. Uh, You know, the next team in the uh, 2017 results right now has got 593 uh, points so we're leading by a large margin that is big yeah uh you know in 2014 we were like you know quite far down the leaderboard i'm not even sure if we were on the uh the the first league uh, i've not got the link here in front of me but uh 2015 we were fifth then 2016 first place 2017 first place with a larger uh you know lead so yeah if in terms of uh the you know the the competition thus far this year uh, it has been quite fierce uh, there have been several challenges where we have not come first so we'll not talk about where we have come first because there's too many of them right we'll talk about where we haven't come first uh, the 23rd to the 26th of March there was Yo-Yo at home where we came third after the Alliance uh, Francophone which is the French team and the Czech uh, national team uh, from the 27th uh, to the 30th of April this year, uh, for the Project World Community Grid, we came fourth after SETI USA, uh, Team China, and Team 2chan. That's a Japanese version of 4chan. Uh, on the 9th of June to the 12th of June, uh, SETI at home, we came third after SETI Germany and SETI USA. So these are two gigantic... Uh, you know, Boink communities, these SETI dot uh, teams, they're really cool. So, uh, moving on to the Boink stats challenges, uh, you know, Formula Boink is this year-long continuous challenge with small, uh, you know, races throughout the year. Uh, Boink stats, anyone can create a challenge. Uh, so let's talk about some of the recently completed challenges since the last hangout uh, two weeks ago. So yeah, since the last Hangout two weeks ago, uh, there's been two completed challenges and several more have been announced. So the completed challenges, we've got the Crunch Athlon PG, which is Prime Grid. Uh, this is their monthly run. Uh, I think it's their 15th race. So we came first with 177 million credits. Uh, second place had 35 million credits. So, you know, we're way in the lead for Prime Grid. It's pretty cool. 
uh, we've got the our challenge called uh, Compete Against Team Gridcoin for the Rosetta at Home Boink project. Uh, we came first uh, with uh, a little over 10 million credits, and the second place was 2 million credits. <laughs> so, yeah, more than five times uh, the lead just within our team alone, which is amazing. Um, Quickly, on World Community Grid, is there still fucking... I remember when I had a team, there was like... 30, 50 goddamn challenges a month, like, in their uh, webpage or whatever. Is there still ways to join that, or are we doing that? Honestly, I'm not quite sure. There are a lot of uh, challenges, I think, that are ongoing that are within uh, these, uh, you know, individual teams' communities. So I know SETI.Germany, they have a large uh, event tracker throughout the year, you know, and these aren't uh, just boink stats challenges they host their own challenges and uh, yeah it's possible that i'm entirely on uh, you know unaware of a uh, world community grid hosted challenges yeah. if that is the case uh we should totally get on top of that like team china and stuff and like uh some hospital kept um initiating the challenges and stuff so yeah i join those all the time and seems open to everybody usually Cool. Uh, well, Alien is in charge of... Th- he's got the team founder rights for uh, World Community Grid. If we need the team founder to create a challenge uh, by the Gridcoin community, he's the one to talk to. Uh, okay. You can get him through uh, CryptoCoin Talk. Yeah, I saw him on there. But so. Cool, cool. Thanks. Uh, the third completed challenge we've got is uh, the Crunchathlon for GPU Grid. This is the monthly uh, race... Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that Roman number. Jeez, uh, we had we came first with uh, just over 248 million credits. Uh, the second place was uh, 100 million credits. Third place, 36 million credits. So we're more than dub- two and a half times the power of the next team in uh, GPU cred, which is uh, you know it says a lot, really. We have the power. Yeah. Uh, so, with regards to challenges that are currently in progress on Boink Stats, we've got uh, Compete Against Team Gridcoin for the Prime Grid uh, Boink project. So, this is running from the 22nd to the 29th. So, I believe it is just started or starting uh, right now. Uh, it's night. Uh, we're currently in the lead with 20 million credits. The second place has got 4.5 million credits. So, we're already way ahead. So compete in that, and let's try and maybe get 10 times the margin on them. <laughs> uh, with regards to upcoming challenges on Boink Stats, so uh, you don't need to register anything to compete. You just need to run that Boink project in order to you know, be tracked in this challenge. We've got the Crunchathlon for World Community Grid. Uh, this is from the 24th of July to the 28th of July. And then we've got uh, Compete Against Team Gridcoin for the Asteroids at Home Boink project. This is running from the 29th of July to uh, the 5th of August. So, uh, yeah, look forward to these upcoming challenges and crunch the currently ongoing challenge, guys. Uh, with regards to further uh, Gridcoin-issued challenges, uh, or, you know, on Boink stats, uh, I, need, I do need some input regarding future challenges. So, uh, on free stances. So, first off, uh, should we should we change the 
challenge Taito from compete against Gridcoin dash the the project name to something else because uh, a user on the Enigma home forums was visibly triggered, like quite angry at the fact that you know we were you know implying that they should compete against us. You know, like, I don't know if it was just that we were way in the, ahead in the just you know. just change the middle words and say compete with Gridcoin. Love it. That's a good idea. So it's collaborative rather than, you know... Yeah, exactly. ...an aggressive. Yeah. Instead of against, just compete with. Yeah, that's a good start. Excellent. Oh, cool. Uh, I'll write that in Steam it so that I remember it. Uh, thanks for that input, man. Okay, so two other points for input. I've got... Uh, I'll go for the second, which is the quicker. We've got the... We've had free day challenges and seven day challenges before. Uh, the same user complained about the free day length challenges, saying it's only three days length, but I'm never going to do it again. You know, which kind of sucks. But I mean, what do you think? Do you think three days could help? Uh, what What do you prefer? Like with three days, we can knock out uh, ten different projects a month. If I'm on top of it, with seven days, it's only like you know four a month, whatever. Uh, what do you prefer? I, I, this is purely my preference, personal preference. I would say a seven day is an awful lot better than a three day. I'll second. I'm I'm a fan of uh, longer but fewer. Cool. I'll take that on board. Cheers. Uh, right, and the final point that I'd require input on uh, is what project should we issue future challenges for? Because this has pretty much just been up to my disclose my own. You know, decision making at this point. Uh, I've asked in the past, people said, like, uh, the projects which we haven't uh, issued challenges against in the past, you know, and that's, that's difficult to quantify. You know, on Boink sets, it's not very easy to kind of, like, you know, remove other projects, uh, basically. So if we could maybe uh, get a bit of input on this, on Steemit, or right now, that I really appreciate that, you know. Someone shout out a project name. Uh, Citizen Science Grid. Done. Next one? Amicable numbers. Excellent. <laughs> that sounds good for now. Thanks. Both of those are good. What is this a project for? I'm crunching as hard as I can on those. That's why I suggested them. No, I'm not. I'm not crunching as hard as I can on amicable numbers, and Slimeball knows the reason. But I'm trying to be I'm honest. I'm catching up to you yeah, on I'm, that rack. I'm trying to be cool, okay? <laughs> Six behind you right now. You're pissing me off. Yeah, Pepper keeps turning off the fucking GPU to tur- do stuff because I turned up the kernel to twenty three, and that admittedly fucks with the UI. So yeah, it would, it would. My God, twenty twenty one. Twenty three? Oh, they've gone from twenty one. I'm sorry, baby. Oh, I forgot she's listening. Up. Damn it. <laughs> Just put a sad face in the chat. Oh, cool. Right. So the next topic is a. Uh, the Boink Workshop and hackath- Hackathon in Paris that was announced by the Institute of uh, Astrophysics uh, and, you know, conjoined with uh, Cosmology at Home. Uh, the title of the, uh, the event is Organising the Volunteer Com- Computing Community for the Ongoing Success of Boink. So it's from September the 6th to September the 8th. So it's a three-day event, two days dedicated in a workshop, and then the third day is like a, a hack day. Basically, work with people within the, the Boink community on something cool for Boink, you know? Uh, right, should I just read out pretty much this entire Steemit post, or do you want the TLDR version? What Quick input, guys. Yeah, I think you should read it out um, so everyone knows exactly what's happening. All right, cool. we Will do. 
bear with my dyslexic self. So, uh, the Boink workshop in Paris will will cover discussions on the status of the open source project with a particular focus on the experience over the past year from the Boink uh, contributors. So, uh, some of the projects will present present their current status and outlook of the Boink community. Uh, Plans for future developments will be presented and how this can be best realized by the community, since it's a community-based driven development uh, project now. Uh, The workshop workshop will start in the morning on Wednesday, September 6th, and end on Thursday afternoon. Uh, On Friday, September 8th, there will be a hack fest for those who wish to stay around and do some hands-on development with others. So please register before the 29th of August 2017 if you wish to attend. Uh, I have already uh, registered to attend and I'm organizing my flights at the moment. Then I'll get my accommodation set up. So, yeah, get at it, guys. Uh, oh, my God. Well, I sh- I have, I'm have i making my plans, too, so I should be there. Thanks, uh, Lucky guys. Anyway, we could uh, sort of relay, like, maybe a post a day or, like, whatever what's going on. Yeah, there's. we talked about this uh maybe 10 hangouts ago, you know, when this was just an idea uh, of, like, you know, recording or using, uh, you know, what is it, the Twitter's uh, Periscope for live streaming, you know, that's a certain possibility. Uh, There was kind of ideas floating about of, like, 3D video, but that takes a lot of uh, data, uh, you know, to store. I'll I'll certainly be recording anything that goes down, you know, like... uh, any presentations i'll record that any in-depth discussions or uh you know just uh, random interviews we hold that uh, will certainly be recorded and uploaded at a later date uh for sure and uh, i will be taking pictures and i'm sure a lot of other people that attend uh will probably do- be doing something similar you know the periscope stuff i think like automatically records what you tape yeah, totally. Like when you finish uh, Periscope, I think you're presented the option to then just publish it, and people can watch it from then on. Yeah. Uh, or you can maybe make it just like no longer available. So, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Look forward to keeping uh, track. Of There's also the UStream and uh, live stream, and hell, even YouTube, Twitch. That's how to get. Uh, raided the way. Alright, I'll quickly talk about the agenda that will be going down. So, uh, the third day is just a, an open hackathon day. There's no, like, laid down agenda. But the first day, which is on the Wednesday, uh, the 6th, uh, is uh, it starts at 9am. Uh, it begins with uh, a boink open source project management, including report on past activities of the project management uh, community. Uh, so it's basically our first interaction with the uh you know the group that is in charge of the boink uh community and development you know this uh i think there's like maybe seven people on this uh, committee uh ideally we would get our own representative on there uh yeah so after that quick coffee break then there'll be uh Building the community, uh, broadening the community, and representation and diversification. So I think what this segment is about is how the Boink community is quite fractured. You know, everyone's in their own little pocket of the Boink community in their own small forum, you know. And if you try and interact between them, you get the team poaching 
criticism and flame wars going on. So perhaps that'll be kind of trying how to bridge the gaps between the community and retain, you know, uh, a unified kind of community to a certain degree. I think that's certainly something that would be uh, appropriate for this segment. After that, there will be lunch for like an hour, uh, to which after that there will be uh, a segment regarding the supporting uh, Boink maintenance and development uh, by engaging multiple groups to support core Boink components. So, you know, in the past, I think like the NSF funding for the core Boink development ceased. That's why it moved to like this community-based uh or, you know, governance, you know, and that didn't quite pan out as in terms of activity. That's why we're doing this entire hack day thing. And then uh, they're trying to figure out who else is capable of doing some development. And, uh, you know, if you go onto the, the Boink GitHub page, there's hun- there's like 300 issues open. And, uh, you know, uh, I think there's one user that was so annoyed about the development uh, practices that he created his own uh, alternative client implementation called Volunteer Node or Volun Node. Uh, you know, so I think there's some, you know, there's certainly some issues that need to be sorted out there. But if you're interested in getting, uh, you know, becoming a Boink developer, that's certainly an area uh, where you can arrange so. Then there'll be coffee, and then finally, uh, status and updates of projects. So that's where individual Boink projects will come up and talk about their growth, their future, and like, uh, you know, what their plans are, stuff like that. Uh, then, actually, it was quite interesting as there's like a two hour break and then a dinner at the Institute of Astrophysics in uh, Paris. So that's a two hour long dinner uh, from seven till nine. So that'll be certainly quite interesting. You know, sitting at a table with David Anderson, eating some fine meals, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so, just quickly rattle out the second day's agenda, and then we can move on to the next topic. I know this is kind of droning on a wee bit. So, on Thursday, the 7th of uh, September, there will be uh, at 9am, it starts with uh, the key Boink component developments. So, you know, what's going on in terms of large new features. I believe Condor integration or different uh, distributed computing applications are maybe on focus here, uh, as well as more than likely uh, David Anderson's uh, TBD kind of uh, simplified Boink client interface is probably going to show here. Uh, after that, coffee, then a segment regarding extending the Boink functionality. So in terms of extending Boink functionality, that might be going back to what I just talked about, the Condor, the other uh, you know distributed computing platforms that could be possibly integrated, uh, as well as... Uh, there's a. I'll come up to the next section. One of the next topics it talks about this, so we'll come back to extending the Boink functionality. After which, there will be a segment on uh, integrating Boink with other platforms. Again, very similar. And in the third section is uh, somewhat cut off, and I can't tell, so it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. You can already see the top part of it. It, it seems very, uh, you know, like a full on day. Like each day, you're, you know, is. You've not got much time to yourself, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's quite. It's not holiday, put it that way. <laughs> it should be interesting, unless I'm interested in going. It should be quite interesting to uh, get across our main, our input on these key critical areas, you know. And I think what actually might be a really good idea is uh, uh, perhaps we could have an open discussion on each of these these uh, you know suggested agenda points where we can all collaborate on our stance regarding these you know, topics. And then, 
you know, if, uh, you know, we'll have one representative that, or several of us will take copies of this with us, you know, uh, so as to represent the greater Gridcoin community, I agree, I guess. I think that's a good idea. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, how they decide to keep a decentralized system united. I think yeah, certainly. A very similar conversation to what we're having right now. It is quite difficult, I think. You know, there's a real difficulty with user retention. Look at the fact that there's 4 million users registered and only, you know, between a quarter and a half a million users active. You know, uh, if you look at the Google uh, trends, like Boink was huge back in between, you know, 2000, in the 2000s, you know, uh, whereas it's kind of dipped down, but it's still quite, you know, well known. So... Yeah, it'll certainly be quite interesting. Does anyone have any questions regarding the Boink workshop, uh, you know, in Paris, uh, or any of the agenda, any input? How much are tickets? From America, or from North America, you're probably looking at, like, you know, under $1,000, I'm guessing. But from here, uh, it's going to be £160 for me, so it's like $200 return flight. It's not too bad. I have a walk. I'm walking. <laughs> well, look, the immigrants came through the, you know, they, they, they keep on trying to come through the tunnel. I'll walk the other way. Oh, jeez, dude. Scrying out the run. I like your idea, Sam, about uh, setting up separate to- uh, talks within Greekcoin to cover the topics they're going to be covering and just sort of hashing out uh, our general position on them. Yeah, that is, uh, I, I was going to say that when he came to the end there, but yes, I agree 100%. I said it in the chat. I think it's natural to probably expect some pushback from the Boink people, like, talking like the Boink IRC, and they're like, yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I was just going to say we should just dazzle them with the stuff we do. Well. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, a lot of people do have a negative view towards Gridcoin, uh, you know, and have done since the early days of Gridcoin. And I think that is just the long-lasting, you know, uh, act, you know, activity of uh, shouting down people who are going to be team poaching and stuff like that. And it's just a natural go-to stance that they see Gridcoin as a competitor that's, you know, uh, an unfair advantage over their team, whatever, and, uh, you know, potentially we're recruiting users from their team so they get angry because we're disrupting their community or whatever you have, you you know. Uh, Pride, jealousy, envy, yeah. those bad things, you know. Yeah, and, hey, no, I just wanted to point out, I mean, um, on the Amical, Amical Numbers project, I was just kind of, like, looking at their forum and, Somebody linked a particular post that uh, I guess we brought up Gridcoin on the page and just it had like such an overwhelming negative backlash. And uh, I was trying to like look back and be like, well, what happened there? I mean, why did people have such a, you know, hostile reaction? And it just kind of what I got, um, my interpretation was like, I guess the users on Amicable felt like Gridcoin was only in existence for the money, which I'm sure like a lot of people are, but you know, me, I've been crunching Boink projects for over a decade and I'm like, okay, well money's nice, but at the same time, you know, this is something that's probably going to bring more people, you know, into folding and stuff like that. So we've talked about this before. I think we got to figure out what you were describing, like how to respond to that sort of stuff. I think we got to push the uh, removal of the team requirements. 
exactly what you said about it's going to bring more people in. And then if we show them that we're producing, we're making projects to add to Boeing, I think that'll really gain their confidence. But I think it's understandable that there's going to be so much pushback because it's cryptocurrency. It's like it is all about the money. You know, that's the view. It's, it's not just that. It's just the sheer size of the Boeing community that, that you know, People may have a positive uh, reaction to Gridcoin and say nothing, whereas, you know, people that are triggered or angry will, you know, be front and center voicing their concerns. So, That's a good point. you know, for every angry person, there might be several that are, you know, positively, positively impacted. I mean, fair enough, users might just be in it for the money, certainly coming from a cryptocurrency mining background, uh, you would have that initial perspective. But I mean it doesn't detract from the fact that you are contributing valid returned work, you know, units, uh, and it's just offsetting your electricity a bit, enabling you to crunch even more, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it really is two sides of the coin. If you're looking at people who are coming in from cryptocurrency, yes, these guys are coming in there in, in purely to, to make their money. A lot of them are, are obviously our investors. Um, but then there are a few that come in and start mining. But... All in all, any of the ones that I have talked to um, who have come in from that point of view uh, start seeing our connection with Boink is so important and it moves them in a different direction where they're liable to hold on to their coins and they're also liable to uh, buy a bit more kit to... Uh, start mining properly and, and actually uh, creating the credits that keeps Boink's, Boink going. Whereas the other way, if you're looking at them from the Boink side, and that's where I came from, um, I've always been in, in, in it for the science. It's my way of getting involved in the science. Uh, and I did that when I, I was younger because I started in 99, right at the very beginning of SETI, uh, when it was just simply a screensaver. And now we're in the situation where... Uh, where where I found Gridcoin, uh, I lurked for a long time trying to find out what you guys were like, obviously. And um, I've moved from the science side and I've got myself involved in the blockchain side as well. So really, at the end of the day, if you're interested in science, you can come from both directions. Certainly. Uh I just wanted to add a little bit to, to what Mer- Mercosity was saying. I, I came from Boink as well. And... Uh, it, I, I'm not really in it for the money per se. It's it's one of those things where I was boinking for free, um, had myself a little rig going, and just having that that little bit of um, incentive it, uh, allowed me to justify really kind of doubling my my efforts, you know. And and I think I think if there if more people are like that, more people tell their story like that, I think it can help some of these uh, veteran boinkers understand that, you know, that there, there is a science component here and a lot of us are in it for that. There is also, you know, there is the reality that electricity bills exist. And if you're running, you know, a couple rigs, it's going to hit like easy a hundred pounds, a hundred dollars a month. And if you're running more than that, then it's, it's a serious chunk at your, your pay slip, you know? So mine, mine's 250 euros a month. Yeah, exactly. And I think at the peak for me, I was, I was spending 600 a month uh, on, on yeah. Boink. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, I mean, you know, I've got used to doing that. So, uh, and, and it is nice to have the coin there to, to defray the expenses. But really, I'm, I'm in it for the science. And I think 
you'll find that eventually people drift into that uh, if they come from the other direction, um, the, the, the crypto coin side or the alt currency side. I mean, my, my eldest son is very much into alt currencies and he's, be, he's created a portfolio for himself. But now he's starting to realize that Boink on the other side of us is a totally different thing to just simply mining uh, blindly a hash, like for example, uh, F or or any of the others out there. What do you guys think about coming at it in terms of uh, combining Boink with the blockchain? Like, isn't the blockchain going to provide different uh, avenues that Boink development could take? Increase the number of possibilities. Exactly. That's exactly where I'm coming from, and I, I think it will, it will, it will, it will make Boink will then should then fold out into the the larger crypto community. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, projects may be made possible in the future by the inclusion of like cryptocurrency. Like, I think myself and Quez were talking about like, uh, what if a project raised funds for like an ICO or something like that in order to you know, perform the initial development and research uh, for the goal that they wanted to do. Uh, we may see projects pop up that would never, ever have gotten the funding from venture capitalism, you know, or venture capitalists or whatever, uh, because it's, you know, there isn't per- potentially a, you know, a business behind it, but uh, it's just science, you know. I don't um, know. I'll take donations for my project. There's friggin', uh like if we do have to make it, there's potential that it might have to be prefabbed. Um, it'll be like an option to do it homebrew, and it'll be like an opportunity for people to learn stuff about robotics and shit like that, and like uploading code and Arduinos and shit. But anyway, um, it's uh, it'll cost money, and to do the microphones properly, they have to be like kind of uh, modulated properly. But the on the uh, resistor so that it gets the right kind of freaking readout. Cool. So, so like I don't know. In order to do that, we might have to set things up for people. So if we sold like a could do like even like a grid coin branded friggin' thing, it'd be about the size of a lipstick. I figure like cost about fifteen bucks. Reno, with projects like that, the, the more the person gets involved in the project by setting it up and doing all the little tweaks and etc., the more they value that project and they won't just sweep it to one side. So, And the fact that it's going to cost some money is also a plus because anything, in a lot of cases, anything like that you get that you technically get for free, you put less value on it. Yeah, I guess we can just leave it up to other people. But- I hate to break it to you, but you would need you would need to also be on the whitelist. Oh. Okay. Yep. Well, we'd have to reward per sensor, I figure. I, I don't know how else we would reward it. Like, per time? No, because people could spoof that. I'm working on code to fuck with that. Like, uh, processor interrupts or whatever. I think that... I think it'd be quite interesting, you know, potentially provide uh, additional weights to people. I think we were talking about this last night. My my main concern about uh, sensor projects is that, you know, uh, users may accidentally leak their geographical location against their CPID, which is also like their username, their identity, you know. So if they were able to hide it through, like we're talking about the GYP stuff, you know, like potentially 
they would earn less rack, like less weight for their sensor, the less accurate they provide, you know, the the bike project itself, you know, like uh, I'm only providing like a 10 mile square radius of where I am that I took this reading in rather than like, here's my, you know, one centimeter accuracy. Yeah, could also, like I was saying, set up, like if you really, really cared and you could have it super accurate, you could, uh, you know, just make another bike account. Yeah. But then, Lots of ways around it. But then like the magnitude would be linked to you somehow. Well, I don't know. No, it, yeah, it doesn't have to be under your name. So that, that could work. Yeah, totally. I think Slimeball's got a, a pro- or uh, James has got a project as well. Yes. And I actually, he made me think of another one too. I was like looking around. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's nice to see this happening. It really is. Uh, I know I know Barton's work playing around with Docker as well. Yeah, he's helping me. He's like, hey, I can help with web design, web design or something. I was like, yeah, you should go uh, fuck with the d- Boink Docker container for me. And like, just get it set up. And I'll try to... <laughs> He's like, that's not what I said at all. <laughs> it was pretty funny, man. But yeah, uh, I'm not sure Slambo wants to share his thing, but I could tell you about that other thing. Uh, you, ever, you guys ever heard of Sky Safari? Is this kind of like the citizen science uh, stuff where you take pictures and then upload it or you know go through data that they can't automate? Um, Sky Safari is kind of like fucking... One of those apps on your phone, and you can like point it at constellations, and it'll tell you what the fuck it is. Except this thing uh, will—you can have it like hooked up to like uh, certain Celestron Astromaster telescopes or whatever. I think, and it'll—you can be like pointed at this fucking star, and it'll point your telescope at that star or whatever. And I was thinking, if we had enough like good enough telescopes pointed at certain objects or something we could like maybe make 3d models of shit like that and yeah and then that led me to this processing.org site where it's all about like data visualization and shit like that so yeah it's been really fun <laughs> cool i'm glad to hear you having fun i, I think it would be uh a really cool experience uh, i'm also interested in making like sensor projects potentially in the future uh and I'm interested in seeing uh, if Barton is up for creating some additional documentation on the, uh, the Docker container. You know, it's there is some lacking information uh, that I think if we contribute towards it, it'll just, you know, benefit uh, future projects for sure. Yeah. And the way uh, this project I'm doing works, you can probably friggin' latch your crap onto it as well. Crap. But, you know, like you could, it's supposed to be like an opt-in kind of thing, so... I was looking at that I2C stuff, and things can be hooked up in serial pretty neatly. It's, it's, there's some neat shit you can do. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool if you were, you know, if you had, like, if say if you were, like, an Uber driver, you had, like, five different sensors on top of your roof that were earning you five different tokens or something like that. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah, man. Well, okay, now you just, like, now we got, like, all types of commercial applications we could do that with that too, right? Yeah, then you'd have access, awesome. you know, if you had that much data, what would you do with all the data you were collecting from whatever <laughs> sensor you're collecting, you know? If it was going to be open source, anyone can access that data, or if you were monetizing it or data mining it for some purpose, you know? Yeah, we could be like some open source ass Google. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Get yeah. all the pollution in your area. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, see how many houses are currently on fire in the world. <laughs> now you got people setting places on fire to get extra points, man. That'd be fucked. <laughs> oh, just the presence of the sensor has to be rewarded. That's what I'm saying. All right, okay. Doesn't have to be like, an event occurred. Christ. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I guess I have no problem with sharing. I just did some Googling and found something that kind of represents it a little bit. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. So should I, should I share what I've thought of an, a project idea here? Yeah, sure, go for oh, it. Yeah. Dude, it's the coolest. Yeah, get it on paper. All right, so I watch a lot of uh, Nova and uh, Nat Geo, Explore, and Discovery Channel and all this, and I've seen some documentaries recently how uh, comparing genetic code, DNA to computer code and binary code, and they're discovering kind of like the Battlestar Galactica um, that free will is not real free will and that our DNA really is pre-programmed and uh, what I'd like to do is take and uh, here let me kill let me kill my audio back there that was true echo because my Mac in the back um so it would take and the like my my server would be grabbing stuff from uh, all the open source code repositories and stuff, say like GitHub, and comparing DNA and our computer code that people write and see how much would be tied together. So I found a link here which kind of says a little bit about it, but I pull a whole bunch of it together and yeah, just see um, how much, you know, because people write snippets here and there that just get lost in code repositories and well, we could actually have quite a bit of medical breakthroughs that we didn't know we already currently can cure or do just in our computer knowledge and then relating it with the uh, human DNA. Very interesting. Cool. Sounds really good. Uh, possibly for the ideas for Boink projects that we have, it might be worth uh, creating a thread in the, the Boink project subforum on CryptoCoin Talk. Like that way, you know, uh, as you're saying, you. You have conversations, you post like snippets of ideas, then you might forget about it. With a thread, you know, people might, you know, collaborate with the idea. It's actually a pretty cool idea because there is a lot of uh, correlations between, or like, you know, supersymmetry or whatever the fuck, right? Like uh, everything kind of breaks down to whatever. So if DNA is like pieces of computer stuff or. Whatever the hell kind of crap you want to believe, there's definitely similar similarities there, and I think there could be something that could be cross applicable. Could be cool. Yep, could have if ands or and equals and ends and all the you know prime number stuff that we do could also be related to medical. Like if you read through that article right there and how they go off with numbers and code. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll post it online. I was just not quite there yet. Um, well, oh. Damn it there. I also talked to uh, Yo-Yo, and when I'm ready, since I do have all the blades and the storage here, which I'm going to be working on setting up the 75 terabyte NAS, uh, you know, I could, I am probably going to put that together here, and Yo-Yo is going to help out as uh, one of my admins and stuff. Yeah, I'm going to hit up uh, friggin' Sam from SourceFinder Skynet. It's pretty cool. He said he'd help. Cool. Excellent. Sounds great, guys. <laughs> Thank you. We'll do it one day. Lots of nice work going on in the background. This is what the community needs to hear. They, I mean, I, I, on a, how, how many hits are we getting on SoundCloud, uh, Customizer? I, I published this data on Steemit, like 
the entire uh, month and then the last uh, year, I think, we're getting like 600 uh, listens a month. And uh, in the last year, it's been like several thousand listens. So uh, the primary locations off the top of my head are like, you know, uh, America's first, I think Russia's second, followed by Germany and uh, Kazakhstan is like fourth or something like that. So it's a very diverse listening group. Uh, it doesn't tell you h- how much the listening time is, if it differentiates between someone clicking it for five seconds or if they're listening to the entire thing. If they're listening to the entire thing, that's crazy. I mean, in the past, I've certainly binged, uh, you know, hundreds of podcasts, uh, you know, the large uh, backlog they have. And some users have joined the, the Great Coin Mumble hangouts in the past, having said, you know, I listen to all the hangouts and stuff. It's uh so yeah i think it's pretty cool uh yeah could be better yeah totally is soundcloud the only platform that we have for just the voice and or podcasts and such no we use uh youtube for the video uh we primarily use soundcloud because uh, of the rss feed it provides and it's pretty cheap compared to all the other ones uh but the rss feed we uh sent out to like 60 plus different uh, podcast uh, art like repositories. So any podcast app you've got, just Google, uh, search for Gridcoin, it'll come up. It's on Google Play, the iTunes Store, you name it, it's there. So did you see that article I sent you? Yeah, I saw that SoundCloud is laying off. They laid off like 40% of their staff. I mean, that that, oh. that, that that does sound bad, but I mean, companies do that all the time. Hewlett Packard did it and still probably is doing it. Uh, you know, Cisco has done it. Everyone eventually realizes, oh, we're massively bloated. Let's get rid of people. But I mean, I'm paying. I think I, we're going into a binge of that at the moment. Yeah, I'm paying premium, you know, so I'm doing my part. <laughs> I almost got a job at Dell and then they checked my criminal record and then it like some shit came up that I did when I was 19 and I didn't get the job. But anyway, that sucks. fun story, fucking, you know. Uh, no gonna, loss. No, no, I'm not going to say karma or anything. I worked but like for a, them. a few months later, they laid off like 130,000 people or whatever the fuck. Ouch. Yeah, whatever. They did that big layoff like 10 years ago. Yeah, you know, I, I think I know the same time. I was tier 2 XPS. Nice. Now, I got fired for being in the ER. That sucks. Fuck. <laughs> it happens in the States. At Dell, they will fire you for no reason. That's terrible. Anyways, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, I skipped over uh, NepD's uh, post. I don't think he's in the channel, but I'll just represent him nonetheless. Um, So, uh, NepD says, perhaps this is a little bit bit beyond the scope of the Hangout. Uh, I disagree. But uh, would it be worthwhile to make a heavy investment in the GUI slash back end of Boink slash Gridcoin? So he says that his mom, a 65-year-old music teacher of Little Tech, capabilities was able to download minor gate software and mine uh monroe on her own but she's uh nepd is not sure she could do the same with uh, grc if you can make it that easy the expense headache might be worth uh it i, I definitely agree that uh, it is quite a difficult uh setup process uh, or well i think the main difficulty is the fact that if your computer not computer savvy if you're new to computing or if you've not got the concepts wrapped up first uh, you know in your head first uh it's learning about cryptocurrency and distributed computing in the first in the the one go you know and then uh 
it's also you have to set up boink figure out what project's best for you then uh you have to set up gridcoin get it talking to boink so definitely it could be streamlined i think the use of pools certainly uh enables the streamlining of uh you know the gridcoin mining process uh that's a bgb can keep up yeah uh David Anderson is working on his t- quote unquote TBD client, which is effectively got uh, NSF uh, funding to create a simplified Boink client. And I believe the idea is that users will get the piece of software and they'll basically have keywords like, what would you like to crunch? You know, would it, you like to do protein folding? Would you like to cure cancer? They just click the keywords and in the background, the Boink client will select the appropriate Boink projects and potentially sub-projects and just have it like an automated set, uh, kind of process. So they don't have to worry about creating accounts or, you know, uh, worrying about the compatibility of their project. It'll be streamlined. So that's certainly a, a great step. And I think I'll be, we'll be discussing this with David Anderson. He'll be, dis- you know, presenting it during the, the workshop uh, in Paris Um but I think primarily with regards to simplification or of the GUI or even the inclusion of Boink within Gridcoin, I think we should keep Gridcoin and Boink separate. You know, uh, there can always be alternative implementations of the Gridcoin client. You know, unofficial uh, simplified versions which includes the uh, Boink client. Uh, like there's easy twenty different implementations of Bitcoin. You know. Uh, Likewise, uh, I think the easiest route for simplified clients is um, look at uh, SuchFlex. If you don't know what SuchFlex was, it was a project last year. Uh, they they shipped, they pivoted away from this, but uh, the idea was that you had like a very simplified client. It was like register, uh, just username, password, and then do you want to use your CPU or do you want to use your GPU? You know, and then it was click 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 and that was it it was running and it was selecting stuff in the background that was best for your hardware and they did the background uh you know uh, competitive crunching analysis like okay should we be picking this project over that project this month because we'll earn a bit more grid coin for our users uh, that's where you know uh i think with the, the open sourcing of the pool that we'll see uh you know competition rise up you know uh i mean currently how you could compete with a pool is uh, with with fees. Like I'll do it for one percent, you know, or instead of the other person for ten percent, or even you know, I'll do it for free if I get your votes. Basically, uh, and aside from that, the uh, the other route is uh, innovation. You know, simplified clients in, that we're talking about. This couple click setup done. You know, put in your gridcoin address, uh, etc. There's a product out there called Nullsoft. Anyone know it? No, sir. What's it, uh, what's it do? Right. It's uh, Nullsoft. It's, it's a scriptable install system, uh, script-driven installer and authoring tool for, for Windows, and it's free. And that could be a starting point for that. Totally. I mean, all it takes is someone that's, you know, uh, to seize the opportunity to create a simplified uh, pool uh, mining interface. Basically, take the, the point client simplify it, reduce the options, just put in like the the registration details for your your backend pool and then, you know, uh you'll have a massive mag in no time to which you can take fees off of. And, you know, if those fees are greater than the cost to run the server, you've got a passive income to a certain degree. Uh yeah. 
Just create a GUI that does the whole lot in one go. Yeah, certainly. That's basically what Nelsoft is based on. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. I'll, I'll certainly check it out. A similar alternative development to this is uh, getting Gridcoin integrated into BILD, the, the build distro operating system. Good idea. Blank. Oh, yeah. Um, word back from Sabio Nino. Uh, he tried to uh, emerge Nethershaw's uh, 3.5.9.4 package, and it still had like some attributes to 0.9.2. So he was like, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, he wasn't like sour about it or anything. He's just like, yeah, it didn't really work, but thanks for the effort kind of thing. And Nethershaw is the guy that's doing that, the uh, merge packages. Also, there's a new wallet out. I don't know if anybody said that yet. All right, the next topic we've got is uh, for the betterment of Boink. So the user Ageless, who is a uh, a longtime Boink user, volunteer, uh, a moderator, and even a project admin on the the Boink uh, main forums. Uh, his account's been there for like ten years, so he's a long term user. Uh, regardless, he's he's asked the community for input regarding the improvement of Boink. Right, so uh, it's got quite a large post. Uh, so I'll just read it out, it's great. So, uh, last week, Richard Hasselgrove and I were asked to join a, a work group committee uh, which researches how Boink could be made more user-friendly. I think this is related to the TBD research they're doing, right? So, uh, make it more friendly and easier for anyone to set up their own short or long-term project and for the community to join in those endeavours, right? So, the goal is to get more users to run Boink, to join in coding uh, parts of Boink, like the client, manager, website, etc., uh, to test things, to get them set up, uh, you know, their own projects, and to make Boink future-proof and reliable uh, that isn't dependent on any one person in particular. So I think this is really trying to boost the community-based uh, aspect of the, you know, the project's governance. I mean, like, what if, if David Anderson was hit by a bus or something crazy like that? You know, how would we proceed from here on if we're not actually trying to, uh, you know, seize the opportunity? So, uh, continuing quoting this guy, uh, we do know this is a big order, you know, to suggest how to these improvements uh and it won't be solved in a couple of weeks so we'll get we'll we'll work in the background together and get some key people uh from the projects and code developers get things started so eventually we need uh, answers from the community uh possibly on a lot of things but let's start with a few questions so we've got four questions uh which uh i I think similarly to the you know the boink uh workshop agenda which we propose to as a community uh, respond yeah uh, we should, you know, maybe hold a discussion of each of these points, what we want to prioritize, right? So, uh, first off, one, is there anything uh, at all you can change or withdraw or add, uh, change in Boink or remove from Boink the, you know, what would you change or add, right, to Boink? Uh, so, they're not looking for, uh, specifically for enhancements or bug squashing, Uh they just want any any ideas that would put Boink on the map, so trying to get Boink more attention. So uh, they've got, for example, adding social media inside the Boink manager uh, or to have certain add-ons integrated into the client. So they're just giving these examples. So just uh, 
just quickly commenting on like the social media and the client, it would be really beneficial to have like a, a link to say the Boink Telegram group or uh, maybe even like the slash our Boink subreddit or even primarily Steemit. You know, if we got uh, the Boink uh, sub Steemit page or tag whatever to be uh, populated with the entire Boink community, that'd be insane. You know, uh, my only doubt, my only neg, you know opposition to including like social media within the client is that you know uh potentially kids are installing this in their account and we don't want to drive kids to like telegram and shit but at the same time you gotta be 18 to register for world community grids we kind of gotta assume that people are uh, adults i guess running the client uh so uh two can we can we make that assumption not really well i don't know i mean like uh overall it's not that big of a deal i mean We've not really got any rules against any of that. If like a seventeen-year-old's crunching on their computer, uh, I think it would be very beneficial to drive users from Boink to like uh, the Telegram group. Uh, currently, it's only got like thirty people in it. What if it had you know a hundred thousand people in it? That would be insane. That'd be like one of the biggest Boink, uh, Telegram groups of all time. Uh, Put a link to Gridcoin uh, main channel in there. Yeah, well, uh, with the team uh, requirement removed, that's entirely possible that we could make such a proposal but i think with the team requirement enabled it would just the flame war would be unbearable like <laughs> i've lost my train of thought for the first one i come back to it. We'll, we'll cover each of these when way more detail in like the dedicated thread so number two uh would you like to contribute to making boink better uh or program for it or you know work within the source code uh do you have anything to help the project forwards? Uh, how would you... What's held, what's held you back thus far from volunteering? Okay. There's an opening for us. Yeah, certainly. Uh, free. Uh, they would like to get in contact with people who have programmed for Boink in the past, but no longer do. Uh, I don't think that's very relevant to us at all. Uh, uh Four, we'd also like to get in contact with people who now voluntarily program for Boink. Uh, can, you t- can you tell us why you decided to work on Boink and how difficult it was for you to get into it and how we can increase the involvement? So from that, yeah, so that's basically the end of that. So basically they're asking for input on how to improve Boink. They're asking for like, what functionality do you think is missing critically? I think we could probably propose like improved statistics sharing. Like if they were to, uh, if we were to set up some kind of decentralized storage of the statistics so as to not, uh, you know, overload their servers or maybe different um, statistics file formats. Like we currently use the homebrew XML. Uh, Perhaps we could create like a script to make JSON or some more efficient, uh, you know, uh, storage, uh, type storage and delivery yeah totally i mean that that in the end would probably solve a few problems on the dev side for us yeah yeah certainly i mean if we were able to if we were able to get them to make some improvements towards uh, the statistics or even to get uh, you know a field for gridcoin addresses added having an, a, a field for a gridcoin address would enable us to have like a bulletproof uh, proof of uh, cpid ownership yeah uh, you know, that way you couldn't contest someone, uh, you couldn't steal someone's CPID effectively, you know, uh, even though it has been hardened recently. Uh, it would just make it ironclad, basically. 
Yep. So I think it would be very productive for us to hold a, a full thread on this, uh, on the first two kind of uh, sections I talked about there. Uh, any input regarding that? You know, uh, what you would like to see added to Boink or changed or removed? A link to our wallet? Linked to a wallet? Uh, yeah, I mean, potentially. You know, I think uh, keeping them separate probably makes uh, development a lot less complicated. If you look at the no, Boink... No, I'm kidding. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you look at the Boink repo itself, it's gigantic. It's so it's such a... It's a bit of a mess, like... Uh, if I had to suggest something, I'd probably say let's try and split up the repos into individual uh, sections. Like, you know, uh, what if we were to have, like, the website in its own repo so that you don't have to, like, uh, figure out exactly how, uh, you know, where the files are in the first place before you even, you know, how you, before you can figure out how to configure the project and stuff. I think documentation as well is a big thing to push. Like, it's not been updated in, like, 10 years, which kind of sucks. That long? Yeah, like, if you look at, if you look at any of the major uh, documentation for how to set up a Boink project, not the, the Docker container stuff, but, like, you know, uh, on the official Boink uh, Berkeley website, it's, like, from 2006 and stuff, which is, like, 10 years ago, you know? Jesus, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I think also, like, some of their website does need some uh, some updating. Like, if you follow some of the wiki links uh, within their Boink wiki, you eventually get to a page which has got no formatting at all. It's just, like, the base data that was once in a previous wiki, I think, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I tried to, like... I remember I talked about it on a previous Hangout. I was trying to, like, navigate the Boink wiki to, like find a place where I could be a contributor and stuff. It just took me in this fucking circle, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, there's a lot of lost links and dead links in, in yeah. it as well. There, there certainly is, like, uh, sections on, uh, you know, uh, them recruiting users and developers and testers and stuff. And I think the, the primary way of getting in contact with people on this kind of topic is through the mailing lists, which is really kind of old way of doing things, but I guess it's, you know, the established way. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to develop for Boink. That would be fun. As soon as I can, like, do it, it'd be great. I could certainly see myself working on the web server end of things, you know, uh, but in terms of, like, the core client, probably not anything bigger than, like, you know, skinning it or adding, you know, uh, the link to Telegram or Steam it, you know, as I said, uh, the web server isn't too bad. It's uh, something that would be pretty cool would be upgrading it to the newer version of PHP so as to, you know, uh, add support for uh, higher security uh, or higher quality security, you know, the password hashing that requires, uh, if we wanted like Argon 2i or whatever, uh, whatever's the strongest one, you would need to the latest PHP. It's currently like PHP 5. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So, uh, next topic, we have got uh, regarding superblock problems since the last four weeks. So, I've got, I did speak a little bit about this during the Beyond Bitcoin hangout, and I did kind of breeze over it and said I was going to come back to it. So, uh, I'll just kind of repeat what I said during the Beyond Bitcoin hangout, and then other people can speak about uh, this topic. So, with regards to continued superblock downtime, three uh, leisure updates have been released to patch. Uh, multiple superblock issues. Uh, bear in mind, this is from yesterday, right? So uh, there have been additional issues observed which are being actively worked on by the Gridcoin volunteer developers. Uh, don't stop crunching, though, because it should, shouldn't should be too long before we've sorted everything out, guys. Uh, 
So the development branches, uh, what's really important to keep in mind is that the development branches are far further ahead in terms of development than the current production, uh, even the latest leisure updates. So, you know, the the dev branch will require like uh, mandatory upgrades, right? So we can't release the these kind of large scale changes without like uh, a dedicated test net phase of at least like a week or two of like, you know, 10 or 20 of us testing it and trying to break it. Uh, and like a large notice period for like services exchanges. So a lot of the issues we're currently experiencing in the current production client have been fixed, uh, you know, in the latest development versions, but aren't live yet. So we're kind of in like a, a gray area before the mandatory upgrade where we're kind of supporting the previous, uh, you know, it, you know, version of how we go about, uh, of how about things, you know, we, we're, there is code uh, for like cross-compatible uh, neural network, you know, created by uh, volunteer developers. I think it was uh, Bullshark, uh, I believe, worked on that, you know, in C Sharp or .NET Core, you know, so that's a really cool image development. But uh, there's also been, uh, while we were talking in this hangout, uh, version uh, 3.5.9.5. So uh, this is, you know, does anyone have the release uh, notes for this? I do... I have noticed that uh, users are having issues with with compiling it, but that should just be like a small fix before it's updated to six. Yeah, so the latest leisure update is uh, fixing the neural network handling of 404 errors, causing the incomplete super blocks and the bug causing it to skip Rosetta. So hopefully, with this, we'll have we'll be back to full super blocks and uh, you know we'll be in a clear for a bit to focus on these mandatory changes we are working on and uh, you know it'll be epic when these changes are released you know so uh, that's what I have to say about the recent uh, super block downtime does anyone have any input on this eh. patience I mean I can entirely sympathize with people that have uh, that are you know, profitability focused or they're they're worried about their power bill, you know, um, and they, they haven't received the mining rewards uh, in the recent last few weeks. But, you know, if your mag's there and you haven't staked in between that time, you'll still get that large reward. And likewise, we could do a post analysis once we're stable and potentially rain a large chunk of the funds from uh, the foundation. Not like tens of millions but like you know several hundred thousand wouldn't be an insane kind of like compromise to a certain degree anyone who's on windows should at least update to to the 0.5 version yeah it's only linux that's doing it issue. as you speak what's that because i believe he was just saying that he's doing it the update as we speak okay it, it doesn't matter for linux because there are no changes that's a very good point yeah True, but I'm building it anyway. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, bud. Cracker is going to fail um, if you just pick the, the tag. Cool, right. So the next topic is uh, regarding the two <laughs> forks that happened in the last 13 days. So users are reporting uh, brief instances of uh, forks that have appeared and resolved themselves, you know, and, you know, trying to figure out, okay, why did this happen in the first place so that we could figure out, you know, is there something that caused this, you know, and can we prevent it from happening in the future? And likewise, you know, the changes that are in the development branches are significant and could likely wipe these issues entirely out, right? But what is an important first step, right? If you're experiencing any issues within the Gridcoin client, right, 
you can run like commands to compare block hashes and that is a good first indicator of like an issue right but if you were to jump into the app data folder right look for the debug.log file and the debug2.log file right so the the first file debug.log this is like the core client's like log input right so that's stuff related to like staking uh you know accepting blocks uh what have you the debug2.log is with reference to like uh you know the neural network it shows you the files that are downloading so if you've only got like half the, the whitelist first step go to debug2.log see if there's any issues there immediately report those issues that way we can get we can figure out the issue way quicker you know if if it's just one user reporting this information then it might be you know maybe it's just this guy's computer environment versus if four of us come together with the same information we can be like all right we've all got the same issue at this timestamp. uh what are the, the messages running up to it okay then we can start figuring out how this happened where it possibly is an issue in the code you know so that's how we go about debugging and if you're um if you're really interested in helping uh, debugging, you can uh, jump into your gridcoinresearch.conf file, the config file, you know, where you put in your email address and maybe any extra ad node lines, whatever. Uh, you can put in debug equals true, debug2 equals true, and even debug3 equals true. So this basically enables debug logs for throughout like the code base that are not usually enabled. So that way, if, if we are, you know, doing these... Uh, if we've got like a series, if we've got an issue we're trying to debug and nothing is popping up in the logs, potentially these flags will, they're far more verbose and the files, your debug logs will be larger, but it might expose more information that can help, you know, debug issues, you know. So uh, thankfully these forks have resolved themselves, you know, there is inbuilt functionality to resolve uh, temporary splits in blockchains, you know. Want the debug files, um, like resize themselves after 150 kilobytes or something? Uh, no, uh, there's a couple of things. So file size, uh, it can be huge, you know. Uh, I've seen many megabytes, like tens of megabytes in size, uh, especially if it's been running for a long time. What is important to remember is um, if you close the client, right, that just writes like uh, to the the debug log, all right, we're closing the client, it's safely shut down. If you if the client cl- crashes, it will generally be uh, whatever caused the crash is in the last, like, maybe 50 lines, right? But if you close the client and fire up the client, then go, oh, the logs, you've made a mistake because by firing up the client before grabbing the logs, the client will be writing to the log and potentially overwriting some of the past information. I, I have experienced that in the past where I, I've been unable to grab the relevant information, you know. So it's just important to remember that if you're grabbing logs, you can uh, copy them when it's running, right? Don't move them when it's running. Uh, you can grab them when the client's off, but uh, grab them before you fire the client back up. So, yeah. And see, so, yeah, is there any uh, quick and easy way to automate that process uh, just so that uh, people who don't necessarily think about it all the time can... Uh, take advantage of it well i mean what we could potentially work out some kind of like bash script or well for windows i'm not too sure about automation i'm more of a linux guy but um yeah on linux you do get the same files you know you could quite easily create a bash script to say all right close the client or uh, copy the files away or just copy the files uh, like once every few hours uh you know and uh 
name it something differently, and then uh, that way you've just got like a backup of many different logs. But if you're talking about like the automation of uh, interpreting what the data logs contain, maybe you could link that up to some kind of like log monitoring tool. I know there are things out there, and you can flag like show me if there's any errors that pop up and stuff. Uh, but if you're not like if you want to contribute, but you've not got time to go through the logs yourself, you don't know what they mean. You can just like uh, copy the logs, uh, replace your username in the logs. Sometimes it will show in Windows at least and know the full file path for the log, which can include your Windows username. So you replace that username, then you can just share that with the community. It doesn't have any revealing information and other people can, you know, parse it on your behalf. Yeah, I was just thinking of something in the startup sequence of the code to uh, turn around and automatically name the uh, log files to, like, dot back and then uh, turn around and start fresh. Yeah, it's certainly something we do. Or maybe even make sure that it doesn't overwrite past uh, log data. Uh, Both of these could be routes that we could, uh, you know, look into for increased uh, availability of debug information. Yeah. Thanks for that input. Uh, does anyone have any input regarding the forks that uh, have been reported by community? So everything always gets overblown, man. Nobody reports good news. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, like, uh, if you experience issues, uh, create a hub issue, uh, submit the debug logs, any relevant... If it did a hard crash, check the event log in Windows. You know, that does sometimes have some interesting information. Help people through their issues on IRC. Yeah, totally. GAK is asking, do we have a root cause? Uh, no, it's, it's resolved itself. Uh, it could be anything, really. I mean, uh, if you've got debug logs, pass them out, you know. I, I personally didn't really observe the fork, so. Well, the fascinating thing is I never seem to be on a fork. The same. I haven't been on a fork yet. It's a self-correcting issue. Mm. It it just seems to happen, and I let my node go on it for uh, I don't know three hours apparently, and we we could just narrow it down after uh, running through all these block hashes and stuff, and apparently other people could narrow it down to the same point. So yeah, it's it it just sort of happens, and all I did was restart my wallet and start back up again, and it it just automatically synced to the right chain. Yeah, totally. If your client's been running long-term, it's also worth checking, uh, doing a wee bit of, uh, you know, maintenance in the computer every once in a while. Like, uh, if you're, you know, update windows, clean out temporary files. If you're you're running virtualization for windows, uh, you know, update Linux and stuff and the host. Yep. My wallet was up for, like, two days. Virtual box guest editions. Yeah, certainly. I mean, all these things can contribute towards uh, instability of a computer environment, uh, which could create unique issues for yourself. Uh, with regards to, you know, the severity of forks, like, you know, Poloniex has like 150 confirmations, so they wouldn't have been at risk of, uh, you know, a short-term fork. Uh, if it's on days on end, then we got an issue on hands, you know. Just don't send your coins anywhere. When this happens, just don't send your coins anywhere. <laughs> fucking yeah. like, fucking, did you get, you, you were saying you had some limited success with wine or something? Rayvon was asking the other, yesterday. I actually had 
success doing it, period. Cool. There you go, Rayvon. Yeah, I wanted to verify that um, the, the, the crash when you have a lot of connections to see if it's in wine as well. Yeah, it was weird. I should revisit that eventually. I get better results if I run it in a virtual machine, but I shouldn't have to. And the thing is, I shouldn't even have to run it in wine, however. It's just interesting to have the extra development, like information to feed the development process, I guess, right? Yeah. 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 Can you try to to crank your connection limit up to like 100 or 150 to see if it crashes? Is he? Are you on Linux there, Vaknag? Um, yes. All right. Okay. Because yeah, my 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 client runs uh, twenty four seven three six five. The only time that it ever is down is when there's Windows updates. That's it. Well, I'm limited by my connection, so I have mine do whatever. <laughs> I'm, you know, I mean, there are obviously other people out there who have the same. But when you run it. Um, 24-7, it's, uh, it's very, very stable. Well, yeah, like I, on Linux, yes, I, it's it's very nice, I'd have to say, because I can tell you right now from the last time I started it, it it's got three gigabyte seating out. Yeah, my, my uh, Linux node is on like 512 megs of RAM still, and it <laughs> stays running, it stays running for weeks at a time, like in between updates, so. Nice. I think it's crashed once. But keep in mind that I only have like 27 connections right now. I usually don't have more than 30, I suppose. I had like 140 last time I checked. And I do have everything unblocked in terms of necessary port connectivity. With regards to this, is this a full node you're running, yeah? Yeah, but I don't want to list it. A command that's worth checking to verify you are running a full node is get peer info, then verify that inbound is true. If inbound is false across all your peers, that means that you're only pulling data from them. You're not uh, seeding the network. Uh, inbound is true. Cool. Well, that's uh, that's a good thing then. Cool. I did not know that. Like It looks like uh, more than a few of them are false, but mostly true. Cool. With the Windows node that I run here, um, I found that if you... Um, don't limit your max connections to about 50. It becomes unstable. Cool. Uh, we should definitely create a GitHub issue, if there isn't one, for instability around high uh, connection counts. Uh, I can certainly try and uh, monitor uh, my full nodes because I run four full nodes. Uh, they're always usually over 100, and they don't ever really crash. Yeah, mine, mine seem to freeze. I have um, caught that bug in, in the debugger and I've made some fixes for it. Um, I don't think I've fixed it, but it, it has stopped crashing. But it's not because of me, I think. Cool. Perfect. Right. Uh, pretty much the last topic uh, is uh, Erkin's complaint regarding the downvoting of uh, Steemit posts. So uh, I'll pretty much just say a very brief thing uh so yeah i probably shouldn't have uh I, you know jumped to downvoting a bunch of posts in a quick succession but you know uh, i didn't feel like some of the posts were massively productive uh i kind of maybe 
jump to it, uh, you know, without considering the ramifications and, you know, people's feelings, you know. But in terms of, of uh, you know, ac- accusations of censorship, I don't view downvoting as censorship. Uh, you know, posts aren't being deleted nor modified on, you know, Steemit, Reddit, CryptoCoin Talk, what have you, uh, nor uh, have I banned, you know, Erkin, whatever, uh, I've simply downvoted so a bunch of posts, or well, about four posts, uh, and they've been made hidden, right? So you can unhide it and still contribute to it. To it. Uh, you know, I, I don't view a downvote as uh, as severe as outright deletion of content uh, by comparison, uh, you know, the experiences we've had on Slash R Boink. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say. I mean, there's a lot that we've gone back and forth on the still waiting replies uh don't want to make a big deal out of it so yeah cheers i think i think i think it's really important here that we we do bind ourselves to an ethos of free speech and the freedom to have your own opinion and um i'm i'm not a great i'm not a great lover of of the downvote uh, in any way at all um and and primarily um I feel that um, unless it is something which is dr- really derogatory or um, is not informative in any way, um, like total spam, then I would use the down vote in that circumstance. Um, I think whether we like it or not, there are people out there who do want to see what Erkan is saying. Um, I don't think he's coming from it from a malicious point of view at all. I think he really and truly believes in transparency like I do. And I think that's important that that is part of our ethos. Cool. Well, you know, uh, that's pretty much all of the topics we've uh, had today. Uh, Does anyone have any kind of final topics they want to raise or anything they want to input on that topic? Uh, Keep it chill, you know? Well, I promised myself I wouldn't cry. It's all good. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I said it in the chat, and I'll say it here. Uh, I understand he thinks he was doing a good thing, but it was just a little short-sighted. Um, are you telling people to, like, you know, fuck with an open-source science project out of, spo- out of spite for, like, members of a group? It's not really anything you can explain, man. It's not cool. But, uh, like, trying to force development, it's, it's like just assuming that people aren't already working as hard as they can. This is a little fucked up. I understand that, but you're, you're also, like, kind of taking, uh, what you'd call public knowledge, but, like, we've spent, like, you know, face it, like, a year gathering all types of weird data together as a group, and then you took that inside knowledge and used it to, you know, publicly display and exploit in our system that uh, harms, you know, Boink more than us. Like, what if we've done interviews with some of these scientists and stuff and we know full well that lots of them are just scientists that like barely were able to set the freaking boink server up in the first place so they're you know they don't have they're not ready for ddos mitigation and stuff what if they lose their data because of that 
how could you, you know, how can you hack that in your head? But then, then again, you have to look at the other side of the coin. It is important information, and people do need to be aware of it. Again, it goes back to this ethos of transparency. Yeah. Well, I went. Yeah. I, sorry. Um, yeah, I would just say that. Sorry, I'll just jump over. Like, uh, I would say that the DDoS kind of aspect is like a well-known aspect of Boink. That several users are, or several projects do run their projects on laptops. They've admitted themselves. Think. Uh, you know, amicable numbers, you know, he couldn't survive a DDoS, but I mean, like, as a given, if it happens, it happens, they get removed from the whitelist until they are able to mitigate it, there's nothing else to it, yeah. you know? I guess, it, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate that, like, our, you know, crappy inner politics is going to affect somebody else in the long run, possibly, you know? Yeah, but, th- but that's the whole point here, Reno. Um, if we overreact and we take things that are put out by any member of the community, whether we agree with them or not, and we overreact to it, it becomes blown out of all proportion. That shouldn't happen. Erkan has the right to put things up that he feels are important and he feels people should know. We can comment on it, we can rebut it, we can come back with any argument we want in Steam it or on a forum, but to get down to the nitty-gritty of downvoting and all of that sort of stuff is negative. And that's not what the what I believe the community ethos should be. I believe that we need to stay as united as possible. If there, is a diff- if there is a difficulty, then from my point of view, we need to discuss it. Even if it means um, us having a, leaving it to a hangout where we can discuss it like we're doing now. But to go and fly off the handle really is not the thing to do. I mean, there are other things we need to discuss as well. We need to discuss IRC too. I don't think any of us have, uh, you know, flown off the handle in terms of, you know, like downvoting is just like an inbuilt feature of Steemit. You know, there is no... Uh, official downvotes, that's the only downvote you have. And I think maybe, yeah, I probably shouldn't have downvoted, like, you know, the, uh, what you call it, the, the analysis of the superblock stuff. But I mean, it was, I don't know, if, if, as long as it's constructive criticism, you know, it's that's cool. But just outright criticism is, you know, repeatedly in a secession does kind of, like, get at you if you're, you're working on these things day after day, well, you know. There's a difference between criticism and cynicism, too. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. But, you know, if there's a fire bin that you don't throw petrol on it. Hey, look. Another thing, too. Uh, about Steemit, it's a platform that's incentivized people to post and use it. So this is just one way of, like, policing it, I guess, as you could look at it. And anyone could do this, apparently, is, is my impression. So if you want to do this on a different platform, you you may not get as censored or like, I don't even know what the point is other than just to post it to, to get paid. And I know that there's like different stuff being said, so don't get me wrong here. I think it's important not to let the, basically what Mercosity is saying, not to let the FUD get to you and just focus on the project. Because if you produce stuff, it doesn't matter what people say, as long as you produce stuff that works. Yeah, it's all just distracting, I guess, eh? Yeah. Like, 
I know yeah. days that I'm just like sitting in Gridcoin fighting with people and not doing this Arduino thing. So yeah, sometimes it's important to like have heated conversations and like really get to the root of a problem that you didn't know was there. But it's more important to focus on the project itself. Absolutely. I do think it would be a good idea for us to improve the kind of the flow of where how we report our issues with Gridcoin as well. Like uh, if you've got, we were talking about, if you've got the issue of a Gridcoin client, you check the, the debug logs or you send these debug logs after, you know, uh, anonymous anonymizing them, you know, for using them, your username to, you know, a developer or whatever, uh, then you create like a, a GitHub issue to which you you call on others to grab their debug logs, look at a timestamp and compare, you know, try and narrow down, all right, what is causing this? Or even just seeing it on GitHub. Basically, I'm saying that GitHub and like Slack are the primary places to like go about investigations. Posting issues directly to Steemit instead of on, on GitHub seems more like chasing after the, the, the income rather than the solution, you know? I don't know, that's just my opinion. Do we have a list of, like, the... Sorry, do we have a list of, like, all the debug flags and, like, what they mean? Like, uh, the errors and whatever? Like, oh, friggin' this screwed up or something. It, not really, but it is quite, uh, you know, verbose. Like, if, you, if you've if you got... Uh, if you know an issue happened at 1pm, right, you can disregard everything that happened from 12pm earlier, right? It's so just uh, copy and paste everything afterwards and then uh you know control f basically search for error or you know warning or orphan for orphans blocks and stuff or uh yeah there's keywords that you can look for but uh i should explain that like really nicely on the wiki or something make like a forks page well we did have that kind of instructions in uh the testnet threads like there's tools you can use to monitor the live uh debug logs uh and you know highlight uh the uh issues that you want to see so you can just scroll through and you know spot all right there's multiple errors or in this whatever uh but no i mean like if you if you're posting them to uh github and we all kind of uh, come across very similar messages in certain areas certain timestamps around when a glitch occurred then uh you know someone a developer can you know go from there and figure out, all right, what caused it, you know, stuff like that, you know. Uh, I think it'd be quite a large wiki page if we were to uh, document every single possible uh, message in a debug log, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> I think, I think, this, where, if we, if we look at sort of the people in here, and I, I, I've talked to some of you guys, and I've just watched some of you guys working on, Slack and etc. And, and I'd say that probably most of the people in this hangout are fairly au fait with Gridcoin and how to do a lot of those things. Um, however, there's, there are users out there and new users that come in who don't have the acumen that we have. And unfortunately, when something goes wrong, they panic. And, uh, you know, we need to create some format for putting information out that is calming um, and relatively benign, but at the same time is informing people in such a way that, uh, I mean, it's all right and easy to say to people, patience. <laughs> people don't have patience. I say it all the time. <laughs> they really don't. 
you know, and we do, we all say it, um, uh, but it's not really the answer. We, we, we need to be able to inform people as quickly as possible um, that, yes, there is a bug, we are sorting it out, it's been worked on as hard as we can, um, and we are aware that this is happening, and this is happening uh, possibly as well. Um, and, you know, we need to put it in a format that someone who doesn't have the acumen that we have can understand. I think uh, to that end, one of the easiest things we could do is uh, fix the FAQ in the client. Right now, it crashes the client when you try and load it. Uh, there's a GitHub issue on it. But once that's fixed, we can, fixed, we can submit a bunch of FAQs about, like, oh, no, Superblock is missing. So anyone can go figure out, like, the information about Superblocks and whatnot. Hi, diagnostics. Like, just to jump in on that, like, uh, a lot of that kind of functionality, like, you know, the extra... You know, uh, the tickets, the FAQ, uh, you know, a, a lot of that kind of uh, somewhat optional, unnecessary, non-core gridcoin functionality has been removed in this, the latest dev branches. So a lot of that, you know, that possibly might not be in, you know, the, uh, the gridcoin client after the mandatory upgrade or even beforehand in a lesser upgrade. What about an off-client FAQ page or something? Yeah, certainly. I, I, I do think public-facing relations probably do need to be improved. I mean, developers probably aren't the best for, you know, uh, this kind of thing. You know, we're... No, neither should we expect them to be uh, customized, really. I mean, you know, they want to work on, 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 on what they want to work on. They don't want to be front-facing and, 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 and facing up the crowd while they're all screaming and tearing the hair out and etc. They don't want to see that. They want to sit quietly in the background and do the job that they, they, that they enjoy doing because they're all volunteer guys. I mean, it's not as if they're going to be paid a fortune for this. If you look at the price or cost of a, of a, of a developer, my son works in recruitment and, 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 and uh, for a, a major uh, cybersecurity company. And uh, he's, if they're bringing on people temporarily, they can be... They, some of these guys are charging 1500 euros an hour mm. for work so I mean 30 euros or 30 dollars an hour <laughs> is quite frankly laughable yeah. um, so I mean I know these guys are they're doing it's 99.99% voluntary um, and, and I want to protect them as much as possible and that is why we do need to be we need to have some area of our group that is a tie between the devs and uh, the, the front face so that when these problems do pop up that a question can be asked by someone in IRC and we can direct them to an area which will tell them exactly what the problem is so they can do some reading if they want to but put it in or else put it in a simple format that they don't have to just calm them down Perhaps we could create a, uh, a, a, there's two different types of rooms on Telegram. You've got your groups and then you get your channels. Groups you can talk in, channels you basically subscribe to like a news feed. So we could use that as a form of like large scale pinging of everyone. Uh, Good idea. That or we Good could idea. use Twitter and stuff like that, you know. Sure. I, tw I don't know. Does Twitter work like Does it work well in that from that point of view? Not massively. Twitter's just spamming in a pool of spam, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it used to be cool. That's my worry there. Um, that's my worry there. Telegrams uh, with channels is a lot more of a direct line to people that are interested, you know?
Yeah, I think uh, Telegram and Discord have a chance of taking off if we put some serious time into them. And then, see, see, we're, we're, yeah, sorry. Telegram. We're, we're Not back. Discord. Shut up. We're you. back to we're back to the communications thing, communicating, front facing, into the crowd, um, and um, you know, the community does suffer when when these problems arise, and and someone goes out on a limb and uh, puts out things that possibly we disagree with uh, and then gets hammered on the head by whatever whatever means. It doesn't matter whether it's drug remarks somewhere or it's uh, downvoting or whatever it is. And it's happened before in various different, uh, various different occasions. Um, maybe this one is probably one of the more public ones. Um, but we, we do need to improve our flash communications i think it's probably the better way of putting it i just created a grid coin channel on telegram so uh, i guess a good perhaps if we can uh, you know assign additional people who are able to post to the uh, the, the channel rather than just myself uh, i've not looked into it much uh, we can you know go ahead with this uh, better public facing of important information you know as you've requested uh, can you link to the chat uh, yeah oh, i just dropped it, it in the chat Good, good. Yeah, there's groups and then there's channels and then you can make the group super groups. Meh. Yes. The channels are used for like announcements and no one can talk in them and the groups are just, yeah, super groups and then some. I think for uh, internal infrastructure too, didn't Neurominer just set up a uh, like an automated ping thing that'll go through all the different communities? Hey? IRC, Slack. I, I believe. Yeah, he's. he's yeah, sorry, sorry. He is working on that. Uh, I think he, he's got one for Telegram, but Telegram one was causing a problem with IRC, so he's trying to sort that out. Okay, cool. I think that'll help in terms of. Yeah, sorting out the issues within ourselves before we go out and doing public posts. But our community is fractured across many different social media platforms and communication platforms. You know, Telegram, Slack, IRC you know, anything else, Reddit, Steam it. So, I mean, even if we've experienced in the past, even if you spam like hell and across all of these, like, you're still only going to hit maybe 30% of the community. The other part of, the other 70% of the community is going to be, like, away from their computer, not looking at the news that, that week, you know. Uh, so, And so. That, that's where we come back to this email problem and the spam customer. We need to find a way around this. We really do. That is that is the ideal way of doing it. I mean, every one of us look at our... We have an email address that we function on. And if you can get a, a news flash on your email address, that would be by far the best way of doing it. And we know that it's gone to that person. So if they come back and they say, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. Then we say, well, you got the email, didn't you? Why didn't you read it? That's a very good point, actually. The you know Telegram groups could entirely replace newsletters uh, because the problem with the newsletter, you know, uh, idea that we had, uh, whilst we can take the email addresses from Boink's uh, projects as a team founder, you know, it's a wee bit of a grey area where not that's okay. Uh, you would then face the potential regulation uh, of uh, spamming, you know, for each spam email the risk was like five hundred dollars a fine it was like that is just not worth it you know never mind the fact no that not, not in europe at all by any means it's just it, it, but there must be a way around it. there has to be i'm sure there must be telegram groups man there's still no way i mean the the, the tick the tick box does say do you give 
this boink motherfucker to, you know, mail you, permission to mail you. Yeah, I get that, but I mean, all it takes is one guy to forget about it, to report it, and then, like, we just get owned, I don't know. Plus, it, it also requires you to have, like, a full business ad- account and stuff, a real address and stuff like that, and I think I, I got spooked when I was, like, about to hit send, and I noticed my full details are at the bottom of this, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, here, I really mean in Europe, they have it sewn up in such a way that it's, 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 it's utterly ridiculous, it's, it's such red tape, it's incredible. Alright, cool. Uh, Alright, thank you everyone for attending the 35th Gridcoin Community Hangout. That's been, what, like three hours straight that we've been talking for, so it's been a really good experience this week. Uh, we've got through a lot of very productive uh, topics, uh, and I hope to see you again uh, in another two weeks' time. Uh, thanks every- everyone for attending. Later. Awesome. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy! Thanks, man. Woo. Cheers. <laughs>